Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Off the Beaten Track podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, it's only a face-to-face episode. Um, the second one in the last God knows, six, seven months. Um, Socially distanced, of course. Um, But yeah, good to be back in the room and uh, and being able to look someone in the eyes and kind of feel the the presence in the room. Um, You know, it's been wonderful getting to to chat to these people over Zoom and it's given me access to speak to people all over the world, which has been absolutely brilliant and uh, and I can't thank you enough for supporting it. But it is obviously nice, you know, to, to kind of go uh, old school podcasting. Uh, yeah, you know, like it was back in the day when uh, you actually sat in a room with someone. And uh, and this was a great chat. Um, it's with the comedian uh, Pierre Novelli. And I met Pierre uh, maybe two years ago when he guested on the Hardcore Listing podcast. And uh, and he's a great, great fella. And uh, I can't recommend his, his podcast with Phil Wang enough. And uh, and yeah, you're in for a treat. But before we get on with today's episode, um, just quickly, um, big thanks to Scribis Pittman, everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Huge thanks to 76 for producing this podcast. And if this is your first time listening to Off the Beaten Track and uh, and you enjoy it, then at the end of this episode, why not have a look in the archives? Because if you like your you like your comedy. Then you can hear me chatting to Jade Adams, James Acaster, Ed Gamble, Rich Wilson. Oh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more comedians. I hope I've not forgot anyone that's going to hear this and get offended. And if obviously there's, you know, a, a myriad of um, musicians such as, oh God, from Mel C to James Lavelle, from Chic to Sleaford Mods to Idols to. Oh gosh, Maxine Peake to Amanda Abington. So there, there's there's all sorts of um, amazing creative people that have given up their time to to talk records with me. So go and have a, a rummage in the archives, and and better still, just subscribe, and then uh, each week they just pop up on your your listening device. Also, if you're really into the podcast and you'd like to support it more, then you can do that because I have a Patreon page, and from as little as a dollar. Um, a month you can support the podcast and and for I think it works out about 97p a month uh, a week you get uh, four radio shows uh, bonus episode video episodes and and it really does help um, support the podcast because it is a a labour of love and so 
any kind of uh, support that goes back in the pot you know helps cover the the cost of production and and all, and all of that stuff so um so thanks loads um if you're uh, if you've been supporting the podcast and if you're already a patreon thank you so much and uh, i really appreciate uh, all the support that that everyone's giving this podcast um I think I can get on with it. Um, I mean, you can find out about everything at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. But let's get back to business. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Pierre Novelli. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Okay, we're recording and sitting opposite me today is Pierre Novelli. Hello. Hey, man. You right? I'm good, thanks. It's good to record in person. It is really good to <laughs> record in person. And, and you, we were saying on our first attempt at recording this um, that uh, you, had, you had COVID. I had, I had COVID in March, yeah. Early adopter. Yeah. Uh, hipster. Yeah. <laughs> you had it when it was cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before all these other people started muscling in on my... You had my it on scene. promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had my cousin lives in Japan and he sent it to me. Oh, <laughs> really? Well, no, like that's, that's... When I was growing up, that's what kids would always say about... Uh, Pokemon games. And things. Oh, right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretend yeah. they knew someone in Japan. And that's that's your, your age there. My age was like... Uh, yeah, no, no, I got it on pirate video. Yeah, like my mate went to America yeah. and his dad got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone went to America and came back with it. Yeah. <laughs> so how was it, man? Like COVID? Um, well, I was lucky in two ways. One, I didn't get any cough. My lungs felt like I was very out of breath easily, like going up like four stairs, and I was like, oh. But I wasn't coughing all the time and whatever. And I was very lucky because even though I had other symptoms, I, d- I just could be ill at home. Mm. So that's very good relative to how badly it can go but uh, it's pretty crap my sense of taste is still weird really yeah and this is now six months or whatever it's still not quite right yeah some stuff just tastes like burnt plastic yummy yeah really or like the smell of burnt hair like it's really gross so aside from actually having that and and i always like to sort of ask people before we get on with with the, the music like um how have you found it you know as as a comic Mm. Like the, what, what's been going on with you know uh, you know the industry of, of the, the creative industry and, and and obviously as somebody that's in, you know as, is a club promoter yeah you know, I'm I'm just looking at venues with the doors shut generally like how have you yeah. found it as a comic yeah basically that I mean um, I had loads of stuff scheduled you know I was going to go to Australia for comedy festivals out there and then it all just gets deleted I say <laughs> I say to my my dad it's uh, it kind of makes you a lot more um, it kind of has made me more zen because it's such a big force that's come and taken everything away. Like, if it was just comedy that had suffered, yeah, I would be really annoyed. But it's like, oh, it's destroyed, you know, the nation of Italy for a few months ago. Yeah. Okay, fine, fair enough. That's a, it's a big deal. But yeah, it's like God's big finger came down and just deleted comedy. It's, so, kind of, it's <laughs> just boop. It's kind of back now, like the Monty Python foot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> smashing the entire business. So have you got involved in any of the kind of... I've, I've started to see, like, previous guests, like um, Rich Wilson, for instance, I saw, was, was yeah. announced he was doing a show uh, Sunday night. Like, yeah, yeah. Have you got back into some of these sort of socially distant shows that are happening? Yeah, I did a, I did a gig early, early on when it started to become possible. I did a drive-in gig, which is weird. Everyone's in their car. How was that? It was okay. Um, I think audiences 
tend to misbehave any or not pay attention sometimes anyway. But I think it's worse than cars because they're literally yeah. in their own property, you know. Yeah. And everyone feels like they're alone in their could car. they get out? Was it one of the ones where they had like an area around their car where they could get out? I think so, yeah. It, and but uh, and then now it's sort of socially distanced indoors and those are fine as well but it does mean like like the biggest audience you could play to is like 35 or something. So it's, it's still odd. And yeah. people are wearing masks and stuff so you can't see their faces. And you, if they're in a car you can't even hear them laugh. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Does that really sort of fuck with your timing? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And what's funny is that they... In the, in the ones where the cars, it was like a remote drive-in movie theater or something, yeah. they would say, beep your horns. And then the ones where it was near residential areas, it would be like, oh, flash your lights or whatever. But no one flashes their lights or beeps their horns while they're actually laughing. They do it afterwards when they remember. So they'll say, like, you go, blah, 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 punchline, and the person in the car goes, ha, 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 ha. oh, fuck the horn. <laughs> <laughs> so what ends up happening is that you're on stage, and what you hear is, da-da-da-da-da, I'm saying my punchline. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Like, there's a second where you go, Did it, is the wow. joke shit? Did it not work? And then they start beeping at you. And you're That's strange, man. That it? was really weird. <laughs> it's not what I got into the business to do. Yeah. yeah. It just sounds like some kind of elaborate kind of dogging yeah. setup. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Very weird vibes. Oh, man. Right, let's talk records. Yeah. Pierre, someone the greatest ever intro. Greatest ever intro, uh, The Immigrant Song. Okay. By Led Zeppelin, I think. Um, especially like Mothership Remastered, where it has, even on the one on my iPhone, it has the, the vinyl skipping mm-hmm. <laughs> sound, which I think really contributes to it. It almost times itself in, I think. You're a big Zeppelin fan? Um, so I have a weird thing with music where, by the standards of proper music fans, I'm not really a big fan of anything. Okay. Because I am the type of music fan... Uh, I'm the type of fan of music where people who like comedy the way I like music annoy me. <laughs> you, you're aware I do of it, comedy. Though. Yeah, totally. That's good. I know what I am. <laughs> I love the fact you've thrown that out before we've even really got yeah, going yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I've got to admit it, because then people ask me questions about Stratocasters, and I go, yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. I have, I, I've, I've constructed my musical taste from, from nothing because my parents don't really listen to music. Oh, okay. They like films they like comedy they put the radio on and there's music on the radio mm. they're not against it i didn't grow up in footloose yeah <laughs> i grew up in the town from footloose and yeah. so music is uh, weird to me but uh, so like my mum kind of had some albums like a couple queen's greatest hits kind of scattered around yeah. but they never put them on for anything yeah and she, they both know off by heart like a song from the 60s or 70s will come on the radio and they'll be able to sing all the words yeah and i'll be like why don't you own that song and yeah. play it recreationally? And they go, oh, I don't know. That sound really blows my mind. It's weird, When isn't it? certain songs are that ingrained in the kind of fabric of our lives that people don't own these records, but they know the words to them. Yeah. And it happened about a year ago. I was just like, I'm sure I've probably mentioned this on this podcast before, but I was just driving along with yeah. the radio on and... My, at the time, 14-year-old daughter, a song by um, Aztec Camera, Somewhere in My Heart, come on the radio, from which came out in, like, 86, I think, 87. Mm. I'm singing along, so I'm 47. <laughs> She's got no reason to know that song ever. Yeah. I've never really played it at home. Mm. She's singing along. Yeah. And I literally was like, how, how do you know this song? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. 
Yeah. And I just think that some songs... They get through. They just, yeah, they just yeah. find their way. It's bizarre. I, I get, my mum says that stuff to me because I'll be playing things... Like, like I remember she heard I was playing Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. From her point of view, it's like this kind of hippie band with yeah. like one song. And it's like, no, no, it finds its way through. Yeah. It's that crazy, w- isn't it? That was like another contender for, for greatest intro. Which song? For me, for, for, for what it's worth. Oh. Buffalo Springfield. Right. You know, this little notes there on the yeah. way in. And you immediately, it's like every Vietnam film you've ever seen as well. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, like, so whenever I say, yeah, I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan, yeah, I'll get the bits that I'm a fan of, and I'll often won't delve any further. Yeah. And I know that most proper music fans are fans the way I'm a fan of comedy. Where yeah. I'll look up the town the comedian is from. Yeah. And I'll be like, and did you know that he says that yeah. the reason he did this on the album is because of this guy yeah. who's from this other town? Yeah. And that's what I do with comedy. But I very rarely have the, the wherewithal to do it with music. I'm glad because yeah. uh, I, I know very little about Led Zeppelin. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a band that, again, I should be into yeah. because I'm an obsessive music nut and everybody's like... Led Zeppelin, one of the greatest bands ever, and it's like, yeah. like you, like the hits, yeah, they're great, but I just, I just don't get it. I basically, I bought Mothership, yeah, and I listened to it. <laughs> That's I what I do. And you've got the immigrant song, yeah. you've got um, uh, uh, when the levee breaks in the evening and Stairway to Heaven and all that, all yeah. the really big monsters. Led Zeppelin, box ticked. Yeah, now yeah. I've listened to Led Zeppelin, and I <laughs> like it. <laughs> all right, track two. Uh, the first song you remember hearing had an emotional impact on you. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Uh, I, think it's, I think we must have had it on tape or something, or I don't know. I just remember, again, I'm not uh, like a proper you know, Queen fan, mm-hmm. like the uh, comedian and radio guy John Robbins. Is the, the biggest Queen fan in the world, maybe. He's obsessed. Okay. He's my bar for a Queen fan. Right. And I think he's pretty close to stealing Brian May's skin and wearing it as a suit. <laughs> so, and the hair, big wig. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I just remember it kind of melted my head off. When you hear a song like that when you're like 10, it's so full of like energy and... Like, well, don't, don't Stop Me Now is similar. Don't Stop Me Now. The, the effect that must have on a five-year-old if you just play it to them. Yeah, that that's that's just like a load of E numbers, isn't it? And you just you're away. It's like that that that's got a purpose. That record, and it's yeah. got somewhere to be, and it's it's in a rush to get there. <laughs> but I think Bohemian Rhapsody's like it's just it's like this. It's sort of four or five songs in one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a journey. And yeah, one of the things that blows my mind about it as well, Pierre, is the fact that that's been. Number one, maybe twice now. I think it. I think I'm sure it went number one when Wayne's World come out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure it was a, a, a huge hit when it was first released. Um, and I just find it weird that now, 2020, would a song like that even get put on the radio? Because it's it's a, a monster record that's yeah. not necessarily made for radio. It's like radio is very short, sharp, and because it's like five minutes, four yeah. minutes. Do you think the only way that anything weird gets on now is if the internet made it popular first? Yeah. And then all the stuff like the radio scrabbles to catch up and go, yeah. oh, we like the weird thing too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess I'm it, just thinking of radio, really. It would have to go viral on a TikTok video exactly. and then they'd put it on the radio. That, that kind yeah, of yeah, is yeah. Where, where I was sort of going with it. To, like, because the way that people 
find music now is yeah. not going to the well, obviously people still do, but you know, it's not as the traditional thing of going to the record shop, buying your record, going yeah. home and listening to it. Now, you know, you've got music everywhere. Anything you want is on your phone within thirty seconds you you've yeah. listened to it. And and I think, you know, historically you know, over the last 10, 15 years on the radio, people have tried to hone that songwriting, pop songwriting, into bang, start with a chorus, let's try and keep it to like, you know, two and a half minutes, like yeah, yeah. cut every bit of fat off of it and let's have this perfect pop record. And that's the complete opposite to Bohemian Rhapsody. And I just wonder... I, th- 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 would it happen, yeah? Would anyone let you do it? I, th- I think there's bands that do it, but then bands don't generally get on the radio. That's it, isn't it? I mean, the difference when you're a teenager and you switch from... I mean, certainly when I was listening, you switch from Radio 1 to, like, Radio 6, and you go, yeah. oh, I thought Radio... I didn't realise that Radio 6 was Radio 1. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah. Because uh, Radio 1, I just remember, was, like, cut-and-paste R&B yeah. by people from the north of England. <laughs> Constantly <laughs> on a fucking loop. <laughs> And every now and then Eminem would be on. And you yeah. Go, right, okay. Yeah. And then you go on Radio 6 and you go, oh, right. So they've played, you know, whatever, like an example from before, yeah. For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield. But then yeah. also like, oh, and then they've played some grime. Yeah. Someone I've never heard of who's currently yeah. in jail. And uh, now they're playing like a kind of Welsh death metal. Or, it's yeah. just interesting, weird. You go, oh, cool, cool, cool. Whereas, I, yeah, Radio 1, it just seemed like... Six Music's a good shout out here because I think... If Bohemian Rhapsody was released now, that would get playlisted <laughs> yeah. on Six yeah, Music. Yeah, yeah. If it got played on Radio 1, it would be that two in the morning yeah. weird radio hour, exactly. whatever they call yeah. it. The black hole. Graveyard shift. <laughs> yeah. What was the emotion you got hearing Bohemian Rhapsody? It just sort of, I don't know, high, high manic energy. Like when it kicks in and you have the, the manic guitar headbanging bit. Wayne's World headbanging the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then it gets all noodly. Like, yeah. I'm only just growing out of my pathetic love of noodly guitar. Oh, okay. When I was a kid, I just thought it was the going... It's like, well, that's the best music you can do is to do that with your guitar. It is weird, isn't it? When you're young, you do think, like, the more technical and ridiculous it is, obviously they're better. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you can't do that. (laughs) You'd say that to someone who's actually musically better. You go, yeah, but you can't go with your fingers basically next to each other on the. I reckon I got that probably from watching Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future, just thinking, there's the greatest guitarist ever. He's a time-traveling guitarist. Exactly. And he's going to blow your mind. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, so where was, where was you when you heard Bain Rhapsody? Where was you growing up? Where was you born? Well, so uh, originally from Johannesburg... And then we moved, from, uh, basically right before my seventh birthday, we moved to the Isle of Man. Okay. I think I must have heard it on the Isle of Man. Although we did have like a shoebox full of like cassettes. Yeah. That we, like me and my sisters would just pick through and things. Yeah. So it might have been in there. Weird place to go. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, the Isle of Man. I didn't expect that. When you said, and then we moved, I thought to the UK. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the Isle of Man? So uh, my dad worked for a company. And they said, well, we'd, we want to have, like, a, a branch in Europe. It was in a South African company. And they were like, we want to set up something on the Isle of Man. So you go do that if you're up for it for two years. And then you can just come back. And he was like, oh, okay. And then we just stayed. So did you spend a long time there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from moving there till, yeah, going off to university. And then my parents still live there now. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a... I'm a I'm, what am I, a Manx South African or a South African Manxman, I guess you could say. A Manxman, is that, yeah. what, is that what you refer to from the M- Isle of Man? M-A-N-X, yeah. That's quite cool, isn't it? That's pretty cool. It's, ga- it's Gaelic, it's a Gaelic place. Manx. Yeah, Manx is the language. But oh man, you should release grime records under that. Manx, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> do, a, do some, drop some hot bars about <laughs> drinking in a barn. <laughs> Getting getting faded in a oh, in, a, in a sheep field. <laughs> um, so did you go to school uh, on the Isle of Man? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that leads us on nicely. The song that reminds you of your time at school. Yeah, take me out, Franz Ferdinand. Great record. Oh, just that's the, an intro. The, yeah, that's an intro, and yeah. and and the. The rhythm of it, and mm. the, I always remember the music video had those big like mechanical legs yeah, and stuff, yeah. and I thought that's how it sounds. This yeah. big marching, bah, bah, yeah. bah. The, fir- the the it wasn't the first albums I ever bought, but I remember I I went to HMV in Douglas on the Isle of Man, like on like the one high street. You know, yeah. <laughs> There's this HMV, and I bought the debut albums of Franz Ferdinand and Kaiser Chiefs at the same time, which was a mistake because I get them confused for years. Because <laughs> I'd be like, "Yeah, the guitar band from the you know England, Scotland, whatever, Northern yeah. England slash Scotland," and uh, I just listened to them till my ears bled. I was just obsessed with them. But yeah, I'd say, yeah, Franz Ferdinand, "Take Me Out." That would that would be the the pre-drinking part of school. Yeah, the part of school before you were uh, uh, even yeah, allowed yeah, to yeah, illegally yeah. drink. You know, that really <laughs> early bit. How did you find school? Um, not a fan till sixth form. Why was that? I just did. I was very antisocial. It's very hard to explain to people. I've had a lot of people now, including um, I, was trying to, I was trying to explain this to my girlfriend. I was like, no, I didn't really have many friends. Or like, I didn't really do anything. And she was like, no, because if you're a comedian, people go, but you've always been like this. People think I was born with a beard. You know, like, people yeah. can't imagine you young. And you're like, no, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And then you sort of everyone else grows up and you grow up and you all sort of get your edges knocked off a bit you round off a bit as a person yeah so sixth form I enjoyed a lot more 
proper childhood and then sixth form. The middle bit where you sort of you've got acne and you're constantly wanking. I was yeah. like, that was stressful. <laughs> I found that to be very stressful. <laughs> did you know what you wanted to be? No, God no. Well, no, well, I thought I did. I had a plan. What was that? So, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably just be, end up being a lawyer. Okay. That's what people say to you if you're like uh, uh, standing up and talking. Yeah. They go, that's a, be a lawyer. That's the best version of what you're doing. So I, arguing with people and was that something that you fancied? Yeah, I like I like I'm a, I enjoy being a pedant. I like being a pedant and I like clear sets of rules and instructions. I'm a big fan of that. I don't yeah. like ambiguity, which is a, not the right personality trait to have in the entertainment business. I was just thinking yeah, that yeah. very thing. Terrible match. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. I, I have to I've had, I have to explain to people in comedy or in, if, you, if you're doing like a writing project or something, I have to say to people, you need to tell me what you think. Because if you go, yeah, you know, whatever feels natural, you may as well have said that in Chinese. I have no idea what yeah. that even means. Just tell me what you want, and yeah. I'll, I'll do it, and then we'll, talk, we'll discuss it. None of this, but what do you think? Like, no, no, tell me what you want. Yeah. <laughs> I had a meeting with someone, and I was proposing some ideas, and they were like, which of these makes you the most excited? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm not going to tell you, because I want to know what you think, and I'm not going to... Prejudice into yeah. by going, well, Do you I'm think so when you, you left, they were like, fuck that guy's yeah. problem? Yeah. <laughs> Almost certainly, yeah. <laughs> they were like, what, what kind of power play was that? <laughs> was that NLP shit he was doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some kind of evil mind control. No, just like structure. Yeah, yeah. no, I just, I just like clear, delineated boundaries. <clears throat> yeah. Well, before we move sort of on to um, university and stuff, uh, you, you touched on uh, Franz Ferdinand, but what, what was the first record you remember buying? First record I remember buying was weirdly, I think, Gorillas by Gorillas, and I don't. I was trying to remember why I even knew what they were. So like, why do I even? I think I'd seen them. My older sister was would watch MTV constantly. Yeah. And I think I must have just seen the video for Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And gone like. Because I love cartoons. Yeah. Like, oh, cartoons. Yeah. And it was really good animation, and, and it was like... Cool as fuck. It was really... And, like, and it was that kind of smooth, um, computerized type of yeah. animation that, that was only just kind of coming through yeah. and being affordable for people that weren't movie studios. Mm. I just... I don't know. I just thought it looked fucking great, and I didn't know what it... Musically, it, it, it doesn't really fit anywhere, does it? It's, kind of, it's like almost like an art rock project, it's, these guys. It's, yeah, it, it fascinates me, Gorillaz, because... I, I read something that uh, Damon Organ said was obviously he's most famous for being frontman of Blur, yeah. you know, multi-million selling band, but he's made sold more records with Gorillaz than he has with Blur yeah. because God. Gorillaz blew up in the states. Yeah, like, uh, <coughs> yeah. I I got invited to the first ever Gorillaz gig. Really. Mm. Uh, and it was at the Scala in King's Cross, and nobody knew at the time how it was going to happen. Like, how were they going to recreate it? Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, because all it was was being a DJ, like, in the clubs, this rep from EMI said, do you want to go and watch the Gorillas?" And I was, because he knew I was a Blur fan, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. And, uh, and when we got there, the Scala's a nice size venue, but it's not huge for yeah. a band that had the amount of attention that Gorillas were getting. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, this is interesting. And then outside, 
people were offering like hundreds of pounds for my, my free ticket and I was thinking oh man I could really do with some money <laughs> <laughs> but no but in the end you just think am I going to see like a full animated show mm. like what and and I think curiosity got the better of me I was like no, I'm going in yeah and at the time if I remember rightly it was uh Tina and Chris from Talking Heads were actually part of the band um, amongst others, but the band were behind like a white screen. Mm. You could just see their silhouettes, right? And then they just kind of project sort of pretty sort of static images. So it wasn't as mind blowing. No, <laughs> um, and I think halfway through, I was thinking, oh, I should have just took two hundred quid. <laughs> <laughs> like, now I've seen the shows, and the shows look way more fucking crazy and what you'd expect from it because the first properly animated one I remember reading about it it was at Glastonbury or somewhere where something they, like that wasn't it yeah. like panes of glass and yeah. like doing things with panes of glass and yeah. I d- but the funny thing is looking back I didn't even know I didn't I hadn't heard of Blur yeah I came to it raw I did. I yeah. thought it was I thought I thought it was a mystery <laughs> I genuinely thought who are these people behind the cartoons <laughs> I had no fucking clue that's mad people would say it's Damon Albarn and I'd go okay so, so it's John Wrinkles. I go, all right, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. So I was, I, I was, and I was too young to listen to the record. It scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, it scared me. It's, it's weird. But there's a bit where they remix it. So I went in again. I love Man HMV. Got my Gorillas album, and I basically just bought it because I like Clint Eastwood. Um, and I listened to that track, and I tried listening to some of the other bits. And I, you know, when you're a kid and you. You might see like a uh, a horror movie or whatever by accident when you're like ten or eleven, mm. and you get that sense of oh, I shouldn't. Yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah, some of the tracks gave me that. I was like, yeah. so, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, and one of them was, uh, and I only realized this years later when I was watching the movie really late at night. Day of the Dead. It's a remix of a piece of dialogue from Day of the Dead, ah. and um, it's a bit where. The intro to the Gorillaz track is like two minutes of just do 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 getting louder and louder, and the guy going "Hello, yeah, yeah, is anybody there?" This horrible yelling. That is a scene from Day of the Dead. Really? Yeah, where they're trapped on a military base surrounded by zombies. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually they nick a helicopter or something, and they're flying along to the and they kind of land the helicopter in the middle of a big traffic intersection in what looks kind of like Miami. Yeah. And the guy, it's just to see if there are survivors. Because yeah. they go, if anyone's alive down there, they'll have seen the helicopter and they'll come and we can rescue them. Yeah. And it's the guy yelling down these empty streets. Oh, and then I was watching the movie and when that line came in, I went, that's, a, that's from the fucking album. <laughs> Did you get the same weird feeling? Yeah. Ooh, ah, that's a horrible. <laughs> and I was like, the whole time I, I was right yeah. to think it was creepy because it was from a horror film. Yeah. And then, you know, inevitably a lot of zombies show up instead and they go, oh, fuck, and they fly yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sort of sad that there's no one alive down there. That's such a weird feeling, that, isn't it? Like you that. go, that's where this is from. Like you get a remix, yeah. and you hear it in its natural environment. I remember when when, when I was at, at school, and one of our mates went, "I've got a vi- I've got a pirate copy or a video nasty of I spit on your grave." Right? Oh yeah. And it was like, "Come on, mum and dad are out. We go around there like in the school lunch break and watch it." And we all just jumped on our bikes. All just going, "Yeah, we're going to watch spit on your grave." And then literally, the awful shit that unfolds in that film I just remember sitting there just going yeah yeah this is this is fucking brilliant and I was just thinking this is harrowing like I'm petrified I hope none of the friends can because I was literally teetering on like crying it was it was so unpleasant and like and what was quite weird was like 
no one really spoke. So like yeah, there was yeah. looking back, I think everyone was exactly the yeah. same. But everyone was just trying to be like tough and just going, yeah, yeah. So that was great, wasn't it? Obviously, as soon as I got back to school, I was like, yeah, yeah, just watch spit on your grave. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, like absolutely destroyed me. What, what do you want as someone to go? Oh, this is horrible, isn't it? <laughs> and you were going, yeah, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Turn, it turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, right, university. Um, I mean, was there... Um, I'm going to ask you about the song that soundtrack your, your, your time clubbing. Was, was there much clubbing happening uh, on the Isle of Man? Man, not a lot, no. So there was like... How many people live on the Isle of Man? 80,000. Right. So it's like a small town, mm. but that's spread out. Mm. People often think of the Isle of Man a bit like the Channel Islands, like mm. all cramped in. It's not. It's actually quite a big place. Yeah. So the 80,000 is divided between like other, even smaller sort of villages and towns. Right. And the one main town, Douglas, where you might go out, uh, must be, can't be more than 20,000 yeah. or something. So there's, there's like four places to go that aren't pubs, you know, yeah. maybe three. And of the four places, one is the quote-unquote fancy one, one is the teenager's one, one is the terrifying one. <laughs> Tell me about the terrifying <laughs> the one. terrifying one, you don't even go there. It's just like people go there to... Like, there'd be fights because the the people going there would be going there having only recently divorced the, uh, their partner who's also there because it's the only place nearby. And like, right. And it would be like loads of old men perving on anyone, any young woman stupid enough to even go in there like, oh, hello. Oh, that sounds just bleak. Like, it was, imagine the bleakest kind of yeah. small town nightclub you can. Yeah. It, it is weird because um, I, I threw a, uh, a reunion uh, event where I live uh, in Essex for a club that I used to go to on a Thursday when I was a young lad yeah. but it played commercial chart music and I had no interest in it but it was the only club where I lived so we would go there yeah. and for some reason I just thought I might throw a reunion for that club because I reckon it would be quite popular yeah. so I hired this thousand capacity hall where I lived and it sold out in like an hour yeah. of all people my age and above and I'm not going to lie, like, there was a lot of what you've just described. <laughs> Lots of people divorced, kind of. I think I was one of the only guys that still had a few hairs left on my head. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of bitterness, quite a lot of anger. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah, it, it, it felt a little bit... For, for not everybody, I shouldn't sort of blanket the whole event. It was fun, but there was a lot of people that just felt like, this is me chance. Yeah, and and yeah. there was an air of desperation, and uh, and yeah, that's uh, that, that's that, that's not necessarily what you want from a clubbing experience. That's right. That 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 feeling that someone's gone. I can't believe that you know. Yeah. Steve is here. Yeah. Also at the one place to go. Yeah. <laughs> that we yeah. all always go. Absolutely. Okay, so what was the song that did soundtrack your years uh, clubbing? Going out, my my incredible clubbing career. Uh, so I picked. Um, Chelsea Dagger by the Fratellis. Okay. Because I th think it came out. It came out way earlier than I thought. I think it was like 06. Yeah. But it, it was like on a loop in my head every time I went out. Okay. For the next six years, like seven years. It was, became one of those tracks like Don't Stop Believing by Journey. It's, they it's would just chuck it right in. Side, isn't it? Exactly. It's absolute indie floor filler. Absolutely, yeah. And sort of what makes people kind of jump 
a bit and spill beer and go, ah. It's a fucking lad's anthem, <laughs> isn't it? Like, it's a bit boisterous, isn't it? It's a, it's a bit boisterous, but everyone else likes it as well because the video is kind of burlesque theme yeah. or something, and there's a bit of actual musicality in it. And I think just... And everyone gets to yell it. The da-da-da-da-da-da. Everyone can do that bit, can't they? And I don't think you need to be able to dance very well to enjoy yourself on the dance floor to that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone would always kick it in at what, like half 11, quarter yeah. to 12? Just, okay, this is when yeah. it's kicking off and they're getting the main body of the, 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 the clubbing the, going. Where, where, where was you going then? Were these like sort of indie nights you was going to? Um, cause where it's like where was uni as well? Uh, well, I, I, I went to Cambridge, which is how I got into comedy, which okay. means that I'm, you know evil duke yeah wow <laughs> in the world of comedy apparently yeah. if you're like oh and S- Stephen Fry <laughs> told you all the secrets <laughs> did he while well, he wanked you off <laughs> you know <laughs> people people get weird about it yeah in reality what it means is that I spent three years being very stressed about extremely niche academic things yeah and spending all my spare time writing j- dick jokes which is not the uh, <laughs> it's not the elite power factory people imagine yeah. maybe I'm sure it is for other people but not for me anyway yeah so then that's an upgrade for me because Cambridge is essentially a, it's a market town isn't mm. it but that's an upgrade from the Isle of Man so yeah. now there's like the, in Cambridge there's like four student clubs yeah and they all basically the one the one place that was a had a bit of hipster credit as a as a venue was where all the snobby kids from London would go to. Mm-hmm. So then I decided that I wouldn't go there, even though they did play interesting, like dubstep or whatever. Mm. And I'd be like, yeah, but it's full of, you know, people named Tristan who smoke rollies and yeah. have holes in their cardigan, even though they could easily buy many yeah. cardigans. You know, I thought, oh, fuck Tristan. I'll, <laughs> I'll down pints with the lads and did listen you, to Chelsea you, Dagger. <laughs> did you kick against that quite quickly? I just, I don't like exclusionary behavior. Mm. That's why I like comedies, because it's sort of lumpy freaks, you yeah. know, and you all kind of go, no, but we're all going to work together and we'll, yeah. have a, we'll put on a night. Yeah. Whereas any kind of behavior which is exclusionary in a way that is... Elitist. I don't even, I just, I, I, what I like is sincerity. If you, if, that's why I've never minded, like, that low-level social football hooliganism. Mm. or anything because that's not it's not it is exclusionary because this is for people who are fans of this football club mm. and they're like downing pints and I go fine as long as you meet those criteria you're in yeah <laughs> you don't think you're better than me because you're downing pints in, yeah in you know whatever weatherspoons near the ground yeah and starting a fight you're just doing what you want yeah you're sincere about it whereas these guys it was a level of irony to it like yeah can you imagine not being like us yeah it's that kind of attitude that I hate yeah and I didn't like I didn't like it wherever I found it. And I didn't it, like. There's some people like that in comedy. Very few, but there's still two or three. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine not getting the kind of jokes I do? Yeah. Like, yeah. I can imagine it. <laughs> I'm imagining it right now. <laughs> I just don't like that attitude. I don't think it leads anywhere good. Okay. So, oh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, a favorite song from an artist from your home county. Yes, yeah, well, so I just picked a South African one. Uh, I was trying to think of if I really do know any bands from the Isle of Man. I don't think I do. Of course, yeah. Like I, I instantly thought of Isle of Man, but yeah, of course. In fact, Johannesburg. Yeah, well, so I, I did kind of think, like, are any of my friends from school's bands still <laughs> going? Yeah. I was like, no, I don't think they've had the huge careers, necessarily. 
A guy who went to my school did end up being the lead singer of um, Yashin, which is a kind of Glasgow indie rock band. I've not heard of him. Um, but I don't know if they're still going. I think now he's uh, doing a solo thing. Um, anyway, yeah, so I just thought, okay. And uh, it was a contender for f- sort of early song because the first band I saw live were Ladysmith Black Mombasa. Mm-hmm. I was like f- five or whatever, seven, because that's something you could take your kids to. Yeah. And Ladysmith Black Mombasa came to the Isle of Man, amazingly. Right. It's a kind of massive world tour. Yeah. And all the South Africans on the Isle of Man, of which there are a few, were like, well, we're going. It's yeah. the, you know, the homeland or whatever. And obviously, Ladysmith Black Mombasa are huge, generally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Homeless by Ladysmith Black Mombasa. But it's a traditional song, I think. Like, I don't think they've made it up. Right. It's like uh, one of those everyone songs. Yeah. I think. I don't know. But yeah. So do you go back to Johannesburg much? Not a lot. We were going to go back this year. That's mm-hmm. another thing that got cancelled by the plague. Yeah. But um, yeah, my mum, uh, we were going to try and celebrate her birthday back there and yeah. see a few of the relatives and stuff. You still got family there, yeah? Yeah, yeah, well, cousins and aunties and things yeah. like that. Although I think South Africa's had a full military lockdown. The army was enforcing it on the street and oh, stuff. Oh, really? You, it was illegal to buy booze and fags, and you couldn't leave your house even to walk your dog for a lot of it. Fuck, yeah, man. It's we're complaining. The, yeah, it was enforced by the army with like tanks and stuff. Like really crazy. Like they, they were, I was, they were sending us all on WhatsApp like uh, footage of these checkpoints, and it was the real deal, very serious. Yeah. Wow. And I think that scared the fuck out of some of them. I think some of them are thinking like maybe we should move. <laughs> this seems uh, intense. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. I think just in general that the, the fact that the UK ground to a, a halt. Yeah. Literally in a period of a couple of days. Yeah. Was pretty, you know, I thought that was quite scary how that f- the medium made that happen that yeah. quickly. I was like, wow. It's very 28 days later. Very much so. Yeah. And uh, when we're sitting, I had to come up here uh, to, 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 to grab a computer uh, about two weeks in, and there was no one anywhere. Yeah. And it was surreal because just around the corner, you know, I've used to club events on for years at any given point there's thousands of people walking the streets where we're sitting right now yeah. and there wasn't a person there wasn't a person in this office block and if you could see the CCTV of me because at the time you know I was super super cautious as, as we all were with gloves I had like a cap on <laughs> and I had a bandana up <laughs> so I couldn't fi- I couldn't get face masks anywhere so I had this bandana pulled up over like literally you could just see my eyes I walked into this office block and there was one security guy on the door that just wouldn't come near me, just undone the sort of doors, let me in. And then I found the guy that, that has this office here and he went, I don't know when we're going to get back in. you got bags? And I went, listen, bags. He went, just grab every laptop, iPad, everything you can. So I had about 10 minutes parking uh, there. So the CCTV would have been this frenzied guy with a cat <laughs> bandana up over his face and gloves ransacking this very <laughs> building, just grabbing anything of any worth and throwing it in bags and then just running out. But before I got back in my car, I stopped yeah. and just kind of was like, right, breathe this in because this is fucking crackers. Yeah, yeah. You're never, hopefully, never ever going to see London like this again. Yeah. And, and you know, as we spoke about when we first bumped into each other today, like it seems to be getting busier again now, you yeah. know. And But, yeah, it was it was pure 28 days later then it was really spooky yeah weird man and and the thought that 
you know, everybody had that kind of knee-jerk fear and panic and, and, and stuff when that all happened. But imagine what that was like if you didn't know that you could just spend the next four weeks just drinking like you was in, in, at an airport <laughs> at home for, like, four fucking weeks. It's what got me through it, Christmas, do you know what I mean? Christmas drinking. <laughs> it was, man. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I've never in my life ordered a box of wine for anything I joined a wine club, yeah, like, yeah. and I was getting boxes of wine <laughs> delivered, and it was like, what's going on here? And, but, yeah, and I think just imagine what that must have been like if you couldn't drink, yeah. go and walk your dog. I mean, yeah, w- yeah. going for a run with my dog was pretty much what kept me fucking sane. But that's it, yeah. I mean, uh, the, to be fair, there's a lot of Johannesburg restaurants safe to go for a walk with or without your dog. Yeah, 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 of course. So that yeah. part was still the same, but... Yeah, but yeah, so I mean, some, that kind of music is very sort of evocative for me. I mean, it's like a beautiful song anyway, Yeah. but it's very evocative for me of that, or if you go back and visit and you go, oh, and it's... Um, the Have gu- you heard that? What do you see? What do I see in my yeah. head? Um, I remember... I remember buying a, a, a sort of home-burnt CD... From a guy at in uh, with like you know a sort of homeless looking guy mm. at traffic lights who said it was a CD of the music him and his choir have made, and he was selling it for the equivalent of like a quid. Yeah, and it had that same track on it as well. And it was I wish I could find the CD because it was actually a really good version. Yeah, and God knows if it was really his choir, probably not. But yeah, whatever. But the, the but it was written on with like marker pen and shit. Yeah. You know? Music. Da, da, da. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So this guy was like, "I'm going to go out and tout my fucking CD at the traffic lights." And yeah. you get a lot of these guys at the traffic lights selling CDs. Is pretty rare. Often it'll be like bunches of roses or a sack yeah. of a sack of oranges. Yeah. Once my uh, my my sister, my half sister, her dad saw a guy uh, in a sports car at the tra- traffic lights in Johannesburg buy a bunch of roses. And he thought, that's weird. This guy doesn't look like a bunch of roses kind of guy. It's a massive spliff sellotape to the stem of one of the... <laughs> <laughs> massive Brilliant. fucking bifter on there. And Brilliant. he was like, right, right, right. That's why the roses are, you know, the, twice, the, twice the price one might imagine. That's genius. Yeah, it's smart. The, 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 the biggest stroke of genius I've, I've ever seen at a traffic light was um, a... Guy that was doing the kind of where they wash your your, your windscreen, yeah. and this courier was on a scooter with like a big visor, and stopped at these traffic lights. And the guy went, "Shall I do that?" And he went, "Yeah, go on then, mate." <laughs> and so he was doing his moped, <laughs> and this Range Rover behind, because the lights changed, and just as the guy was finishing, it was like, eh, like not giving him a second. Yeah, yeah. And this guy like was like, "Hang on!" And then the bloke kind of undone his window and just started screaming at him. And this guy just got off of his moped, and I'm a few cars back thinking, here we go, there's going to be a scrap here. This is, you know, you get, oh, this could be exciting. Yeah. And the guy from the, uh, the, the moped just leant through the window and chatted to him and just took his keys out of his Range Rover and just threw them <laughs> and then got on and like back on his bike and went. And I just thought, that's genius. That's great. That guy, he's now stuck there. With me and a load of other people now going, ah, 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 ah. yeah. Now you get to be the horn people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's justice. All right, Pierre. Your last song, the song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Yeah. So um, I like I like to to mention these guys as, as much as I can. Not that they need my help. They don't because so these guys, Trials of Cato. Uh, my degree is very niche. 
the thing I studied is a degree called Anglo-Saxon, Norse, and Celtic studies. So basically Vikings, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like really niche early medieval history. And this band, Trials of Cato, is a folk band, modern folk band. And it's three guys, and two of them did the same weird degree I did. Um, and then they they like went off and tried to make it as you know musicians. Do you know them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they were they were younger than me. They were. Yeah. I think they were like two years younger than me. Yeah. Um, but they were they were properly cool. I was not cool. <laughs> I was I was comedian cool, which is yeah. kind of you know not the same as music cool. <laughs> these guys were the real deal. <laughs> but it was I, I like anyone who's um and but these guys were really smart, and I always enjoy it when someone who's like could be an expert in something or really smart just goes, mm. no, I'm going to be in a band or I'm going to... Mm. Anyway, it's really fucking good music as well. Um, and they've been on like, um, they've been on Six Music, like like Record of the Week, Folk Record of the Week and mm. featured on, is it Sean Keevney? Yep. Yeah, I think he's featured them at least mm -hmm. once, maybe more. And I just think they're fucking great. And uh, they were touring around and doing all the, uh, what I, I don't know, but what I assume is the folk circuit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, but they were sure. doing all these festivals of where course, yeah. people with, white people with dreadlocks were there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And it was near Stonehenge or whatever. Like, yeah. And then they'd do the cooler ones. They'd do gigs at, um, fuck, what's it called? The oh, It's that gig pub just near King's Cross. And the gigs are upstairs. Warrats. No, it's smaller than that. Fuck, what's it called? Fat white family gig there a lot. Fuck. Don't know. It's, open, it's one of the only pubs near King's Cross that is open to like three. Oh, what is it think called? Water rats. I can't think of it. Um, but I just think they're fucking great. And one of them is is, is bilingual. He's, he's from Wrexham, so he's fluent in English and Welsh. And they sing in Welsh as well. Nice. And uh, they've done a, the, the album that this track is on, um, The Drinkers by Trials of Cato. The album that's on, Hide and Hair. They've got some covers of old songs like Tom Payne's Bones, that mm -hmm. kind of socialist folk anthem. And their cover of it's really good. And then they've got a lot of original compositions and stuff as well. I just think they're great. Okay. I, the reason I have faith in it is because I recommended it to non-folk people. Yeah. And they've liked it. Whereas there's some folk that's too folk even for me. Yeah. You know, where it's like, a, she had long black hair and she did a fine dance. And all this <laughs> fucking medieval. <laughs> yeah, no one needs to be playing a lute. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want you want uh, folk that knows what it's about. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast, so um, I'll ensure that I put um, that track and a few others by them on there. If you uh, if you're up for shouting about them, then. Um, and so, as it seems, hopefully the, the, the creative elements are starting to kind of eke back in a in a new format like what's what's coming up for you professionally uh and what are you looking forward to personally um well i've been getting a lot into where I, well the, the things that have survived the apocalypse is i you know i do my own podcast with mm -hmm. with phil wang called called uh, bud pod and that's still going so that's good and then i started twitch streaming because frankly i would play the video games anyway mm -hmm. <laughs> at least now i can pretend it's <laughs> pretend it's, it's for something yeah be like, oh, it's all about profile. Yeah, just there doing what I <laughs> doing what I want. So that's actually quite fun. I thought it would be more onerous mm. than it is. It's actually pretty fun. Um, and you, there's like a little chat room thing. You can people are chatting and mm. you can speak to them. And um, professionally, I mean, fuck knows. If lockdown two comes, then everything gets deleted all over again. There's a few gigs here and there. Yeah, but nothing's really going to come back till whenever everything comes back. Yeah. 
Because comedy is, is easy to put on, mm-hmm. but the pub that you're putting it on in has to be open. Yeah. Or the club, or the restaurant, or the basement, or whatever it is. Mm. So it's dependent on all the other industries. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's sort of it, really. And for people that want to keep up to speed on what you're up to, where's the best place? Uh, prob- probably Twitter and Instagram. Okay. No one really seems to use Facebook anymore for keeping up to date with things. I yep. sort of use it to get, to get invited. Like, people use it for the events function. Yeah. And that seems to be it. I, think I don't read statuses anymore. I, I think Facebook was the, the one place when lockdown first happened that you didn't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everyone, everyone uh, uh, losing their mind on, yeah. it, on it in front of everyone else. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> after about a few, like two or three days, I was literally saying, I'm, I'm going to come off of Facebook <laughs> for a while. Yeah. It's not a particularly great place to be right now. And uh, and I've barely gone back. I quite like the fact that on on Instagram, it's generally just pretty pictures. Yeah, and, and uh, you're not expected to be keeping a diary, really. Yeah, absolutely. You're not supposed to have access to the diaries of everyone you know. Yeah. Not even the greatest spy in the world. Completely. It's not good for you. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, Pierre, thanks loads for your time today, mate. Thanks I really appreciate me, it. I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, man. There you go. I mean, that's a journey, right? Born in Johannesburg, relocated to the Isle of Man, then to Cambridge, and then to stand-up comedy. That's, um, I mean, there's a book there at some point, I'm sure. Um, absolute uh, top fella uh, is Pierre. And uh, and as mentioned at the beginning, go and check out um, his podcast he does with Phil Wang. Uh, and, yeah, and also, as I mentioned at the beginning, if you enjoyed this, then then go and have a rummage in the archives because, um, yeah, there's there's loads of chats with some amazing comedians, if that's your bag. Um, also, uh, Reese James, uh, Brett Goldstein. Oh, gosh, lots, lots and lots. And, uh, yeah, go and have a, go and have a listen. And, um, yeah, you can find out about everything at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. It's beat and track, not beaten. Um Thanks ever so much for listening. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast. Um, Have a lovely week. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. 
So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. 